love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on The Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. Hello. Hello. Happy Thursday. You too. Yo. How My are God. you? I'm good. I am I am fucking stoked to speak to you, dude. Me too. Me too. Yo. Look at your fancy ass studio, bro. Like living the dream, hey? Wow. <laughs> Yo, now I'm busy. <laughs> let me start this me let me start this interview with a uh, vomit let's do that i mean it, it wouldn't surprise anyone i don't think i've googled you a little bit and people have this like very strange idea of you which i'm excited to unpack wait wait you're saying what people I, have a a very strange idea of you what's that idea that you are like weird and out there and like am i not uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> I love see. that. Well, I'm back and who fucking knows at this point? So yeah, I'm sorry. Really- no, I, I was secretly filming that for um, my own archives. Now I'm here. I just, oh, I'm ready. Like- you could have at least fucking told me, Peach, I would have put lip gloss on, dick. Don't worry, I'll throw a filter on. I'll put the little... <laughs> no, it's okay. cool. The it, only... It looks- the only yeah. prerequisite that I ever have is please make me look thin and rich. That's all that I want. Well, you look both of those things already, so... You're so I don't fucking wanna... nice. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're okay, ready to hang, go. Hang on. I'm waiting for a coffee, but I will be in two seconds. Um, oh, wow. You have people to bring you caffeine. Well... Priorities, am I right? Must be nice living in Peachland. <laughs> okay. Um, but we'll I wait. am ready to go. No, we'll I wait am. for your coffee. It's fine. I don't want to drag you on a, a podcast when your coffee arrives. I mean, I want to, but I won't. Yeah. No, I'm... Um... Yeah. Okay, hang on, hang on. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Do you, do Okay. I'm just telling people to leave me alone for a moment. Okay. <laughs> you are you are you finally ready? I'm focused. I'm focused. Okay. Are you sure? You don't need like another yeah. five minutes, Mariah. <laughs> to Mariah. I totally knew when I was like uh, replying to that message now that I'm coming across a bit Mariah. It's and okay. I'm really not. Yeah. Not at all. Not not even not even a little. Um, Only when I choose to. So welcome to yes. my house in Brackpan. Um thank you for coming to my Zoom. Thank you for inviting me, really. I'm looking you know very much forward to speaking with you were you nervous not at all really yeah 
Oh, okay, okay. Because like, because we we go back, and I know some things that I could like, we could talk about. I wouldn't have said yes if I uh, I like uh, feeling, I like the fear. I like getting out of comfort zones. Oh I, wow! Yeah. This is a new kink for me. This is this is going to be exciting to unpack. Fear. Yeah, go for it. I'm <laughs> I'm more than ready, and there should be coffee coming through that door any second. And then, here we go. Wow. Thank you Hi, so much. hello. <laughs> Say hello there. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Can I also am get I, one? Am I, okay. Through thank the screen. You. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Okay, so Peach from Platinum gets coffee delivered. I, I I bring my own water to my shoots. But I mean, hey, it's levels. I bring my levels, own levels. water and I, I, I pay for the the coffee and the service it's it's purely when we're busy in the studio and in the zone or if there's clients here especially in the sort of corporate vibe then you know coffee being delivered is the absolute first priority okay okay i, believe. I mean enjoy your enjoy your coffee let me judge you on what coffee you're drinking what is it well, usually I drink black coffee, but now I've mixed it up with a bit of white. Fancy. Okay. She's fancy. I just fancy. drink it. Yeah. Right. So, Peach from Platon. Um, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of a throwback. We were in high school together and we haven't actually spoken properly since I dropped out. <laughs> you never dropped out. I did. I did. I left. I wrote my Afri our Afrikaans prelim and I left. I was out of there. Gone. So didn't you finish matric? I don't or are you the, I don't Are know. you the ones asking the questions here? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can ask the questions. I don't have the fancy piece of paper that makes me... But I swear it felt like you were there till very late in matric. No, I wrote my Afrikaans prelim and that, that was it. You decided. Yeah, it well? was. You know what the problem was? I was busy shooting at that stage, and my mom was having to drive from Brackland to Pretoria to Joburg, Joburg, Pretoria, Brackland to like pick up and drop off and like all of that. And then we had a conversation with the principal at that stage, who I will not name, and he um. Yes, right. <laughs> said, okay. He he said he thought it would be a better idea if I left quietly as opposed to being asked to leave because Did I anything happened because. I didn't know about this. And by the way, most interesting people don't have matric, in my opinion. So You're very kind to me. Like I don't know what I'm deserving for this, but thank you. <laughs> no, I mean it. <laughs> I mean the, the 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 piece of paper has its benefits, though. Like I would have loved to study, and I can't. But I suppose I could always get the paper, although now I'm too old and my brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, you get it. It's not like you go into school. You just write the final exam. Sonia said the same fucking thing to me, but I don't trust either of you at all. It's true. You just write the exam. How do you know? I know people who's also done it like, you know, 10 years or something after the fact when they wanted okay. to study. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll consider I used thing. mine to go study, but then I dropped out of that, so. What did you study? Music, jazz. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So I, I, have, I have this vivid memory of being in school with you and just being constantly irritated by you. Like, you were 
that person i think i failed history or something because of you because you wouldn't stop drumming on the table or on like yeah. someone's head look the, allow me this opportunity i don't know more than a decade later to apologize i was a very i had a lot of clown energy back then yeah and i um was very sort of hyperactive and since then i've actually zened out quite a bit yeah i can still tap into it but i've learned to i've learned to master the or not master but to yeah better sort of yeah master that part of myself i guess listen i say i i use the word irritating very loosely because you were also very funny and incredibly cool somewhere in between irritating and entertaining <laughs> yeah, exactly. i think that's my whole brand isn't it <laughs> definitely so like talk to me a little bit about for someone who doesn't know you um cuz i like i said i did a a deep dive in your internet online presence and people like don't know much about you behind the name of peach i mean people are still googling like what is your real name So talk to me a little bit about where you come from and what made you the person that I met at Pro Art Alpha Park. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the Moet. Um I went to a small-ish Afrikaans high school, a uh, primary school called called Tuisha's Dal, and going from Tuisha's Dal to Pro Art kind of felt like moving to Los Angeles from Bloemfontein. It was a big leap. It was a big jump and suddenly I'm went from the sort of more cons- not conservative but more like um you know traditional Afrikaans primary school to Praate and people were smoking weed and you know being openly gay for, since you know it what nothing was really taboo in Praate. People had long hair and you know some people were asexual i was just learning most of these terms you know and um people thought i was gay for a long time also because my matric told me to dress up in bell bottoms and have my shirt like this and bells on sexy. my shoes so sexy i agree i totally agree and you know people were doing poetry and ballet and yeah a whole world opened up for me and i i am actually very grateful for for that and i think i've learned a lot there and it's laid a lot of the foundations for what i do today um and i got to yeah i got to give them those sort of flowers even though it had its challenges as well uh i think a lot of good happened there and yeah so the person that arrived there was certainly not the person that left and it's certainly not the person that's speaking with you now but i think that's the whole you know thing we are constantly sort of becoming ourselves even though that's not a ever any one thing yeah so um yeah that's that you, person you also come from a very well known family how like what kind of bearing does that have on you because i like just from personal experience trying to trying to get into your like head a little bit for this interview thinking around like my dad and what that meant for me growing up 
um, and definitely never wanting to go into the music industry because of it. Your parents and your sister are both incredibly well known, as are you now. But growing up, was that something that you struggled with to like fit into his shoes or your mom's shoes? No, I wouldn't say I, I struggled with it. Ironically, because as long as I can remember my parents were both on stages doing you know everything from comedy to farces to musicals and they were on tv a lot and i honestly believed that grown-ups go into the tv like that's what you do like i thought that everyone's parents like you know were just on tv and that's the job you do or the thing you do when when you grow up in the world um I don't know whether I decided to go and do drama pro arte because just of, because there's this love for it or because it's in my genes or and, and in my blood. There was never any pressure from them to go and follow. In fact, they were like, no, don't do it. Get a real it. job, don't real job. Get in, do something different. But the thing is, I always loved films and, and acting and television and theater. and. I went to Praate with the idea to develop that and then to go and study it. But somewhere along the line, that dream almost got hijacked by a new dream that was waiting in the wings, so to speak. And that was music. Um, you know, I guess when I joined my first band, Shoe, <laughs> that derailed the whole plan. And I kind of feel like I did satisfy that that desire in the process of being in Praate and then I wanted to you know follow music more and that's sort of where my path started separating from the rest of my family even though we're all in entertainment I never went the the acting route even and though I do act <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in music videos and, and stuff so I feel like I get to satisfy both in this yeah. space. Speaking of shoe, um, I, I, I think I confess this to Wagner. I don't think I've ever told you this, but so she was big back when we were in Praate and I remember going to Thrasher's gigs and stuff. But one day you had one of those blue school bags that was always fucking open, always everywhere. And in the school bag you had, um, I think it was your shoe demo and you'd still written on it, shoe. It was a white CD. I stole it out of your bag and I still have it. What? I still have it. I will find it. That is such a, a cool story. I, please send me a picture of that. Shoe was S H U. S H U. Yep. So just for the people that that don't know, which I'm sure is everyone, it it wasn't shoe like a size nine, um, you know, sneaker. On, it's just, yeah. I used to make these demos and write on them, and uh, I remember the first time I ever submitted like music for radio was a radio tux and i took them this fraught ugly yeah. <laughs> PBR with me with the tracks on it and like i made my own art for it and they were kind of like okay well okay yeah i guess we could have a listen to this see if there's anything there did they playlist it they did eventually yeah like um i don't know if they playlisted that first one i ever dropped off there but they still have it and when i went there like 12 or 13 years later for an interview they went into their archives and they showed me this relic and I was like oh wow and it was actually really cool to have that visual 
reminder of where you you come from because that that day was the biggest like achievement and goal and like this is all i wanted was to go to the station give them our music which was our whole world and have them play it yeah. and i believe that if i can get that then you know success made it read yeah. life and then it was just funny to so many years later see this thing and look at it as like a cdr that it just looks ridiculous you know it, but no, to it's also, cool it's so yeah, but cool to also yeah exactly acknowledge it as a dream and that it is cool and that it is this thing and it, it shows you how our idea of what we want or our goals or what we need never really ever ends they keep shifting yeah so it truly is only worth the the joy that you can feel or and gain or get from it in that moment mm. it's funny because once you get what you want it sort of collapses the whole game yeah. Well, once you've achieved all of the things and you've leveled up, you die. So I feel like yeah. shifting that as much as you can and as many times as you can is probably healthier. Exactly. Definitely. So, okay. I re so just to go back to Prate and Shu and, and, and all of that, you looking back when I was thinking about this and even now, you haven't changed a lot. You still seem to be authentically you, which is what you were even in high school when the rest of us were struggling with our identities and all of the shit that comes with a high school in a high school like that, especially. Um, yeah. You were very authentically you. And I felt like going back a little bit on the internet and, and, and reading and, and consuming some of the stuff that you've created, you've always been that. How have you not allowed this industry to change you because surely at some points there must have been people going you're a bit extra reel it in be more like this no definitely i i think look i i do um it's a it's a very interesting <laughs> question that i'm going through like several answers in my head all of them I've, your space all of them do all of yeah, them yeah i've i've always had um sort of I wouldn't say I've never struggled with a sense of identity. I definitely have, uh, but I have also always had a sort of strong sense of self. I think I realized earlier on that the lie is that your sense of identity lies in what you do or what you achieve. So I've let go of, I know my identity isn't hinged on my achievements or my accolades or my or what i do it's not the guy on stage because if you lose all that and i think the pandemic has showed that to a lot of people who are you then you can't hinge your identity on your house or the car you drive or the clothes you wear or the the amount of views you get online because none of that is you um and I think I learned that quite earlier on and then it was reconfirmed again by the pandemic because I was like, I don't even feel like I am a musician most of the time. Sometimes you wear a talk show host hat for a bit, but that's also not you. It's just like, a, it's, it's like clothes. Yeah. You wear this thing and you live this little chapter, mini chapter of a part of you. I think 
in many ways we have a symphony of selves and it isn't this one thing you have many selves like if you misplace your keys you didn't misplace them you literally placed them it's just that you've moved beyond the self that placed those keys and now you have a different set of desires and goals and once you get back to that person who walked through the door you instantly remember where you actually placed them yeah. you can't misplace keys uh, you can lose them but you can't misplace them so you have the symphony of selves but in the other end of that i also believe that you don't have like a self at all like the whole idea of your self is just a it's this construct that no one else will share with you yeah it's just this selection of thoughts that you have picked about yourself and decided like that's me but you have to also be open to the fact that that isn't you and you are all of that and none of it and that's the cool thing about being alive is i think being alive means you're constantly growing and changing and change and growth even when it's for the better is always a difficult and painful process but it's so necessary because that is what means you're alive being alive means growing and changing and trying to have an identity that's hinged on something that doesn't allow you to do that um just what like yeah i'm a big successful lawyer and what happens if everything changes and you're a guy under a bridge standing with your hands mm. uh you know on a drum fire drum fire who's that because yeah. that's been you. you all along <laughs> you yeah. know still you same same you yeah I read yeah. something um what you've just said has really resonated with me. I read something not so long ago. Um it might have been in the Bhagavad Gita. I'm not sure, but it was about that the thoughts and the sense of self that we all have and that we hold on to it so much. But you cannot be those thoughts. You are the observer of the thoughts. That that yes. the the thing that's seeing the thoughts, that's who you are. That isn't thinking. It's just observing. That's who you are. And that's I think who you need to tap into. Um Exactly and that's actually the sort of fundamental principle behind the practice of meditation is knowing that you're not your thoughts or your emotions because yeah. all the joy and anger and pain and pleasure you've ever felt where is all of that now Yeah so it has no choice but to 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 sort of like dissolve it's there and then it's gone it's like if there's this massive river and then sometimes there's a log floating down sometimes there's a guy on a canoe other times it's kind of dry and then but it still stays the river and i think you are the river yeah. and not the things that appear in it but a lot of times we do convince ourselves that we are what we feel and think right now all the time but it's it's human nature to do that because we want to feel and also it's easy to feel sad and it's easy to feel like everything is against you because it's it's almost comforting right when we are sad and we're feeling like the world is against us because that means we are not at fault it's not our fault there yeah. it's everyone else's fault but as soon as you own that the most incredible things happen and the most 
beautiful coincidences. The universe always wants to work with you or God or whomever you believe in. Um, you just have to make that first step. But on this very stoner, esoteric shit that my, my friends will drag <laughs> me for, um, do you meditate? How do you find balance? Because you're doing fucking nine million things. What do you do for balance? Uh, I'm a big believer in balance in all forms. One thing I feel like I'm, I kind of understand is that there's duality in everything. That nothing is ever just good or or bad. There's so yeah, I do meditate. Um, meditate. I think there's two main tools for finding balance. If you take let's take conventional like therapy or, or psychology approach it's going into emotions and what you feel that's sort of like let's call it the cardio approach you're on the treadmill you're going through it you're sweating it's coming out of your body it's like and then afterwards you feel some sort of release or relief meditation is more like let's say a stretch stretching the muscles or yoga a much slower approach where you're less in it and more acknowledging it from a distance like you are beyond um just the thing you know experiencing these emotions and i think balance is just yeah not finding uh, attachment or identity in what you do is a is a big one because put it this way we had this massive dream of like doing this international tour in europe and and it was all booked and we worked for like six seven months and then suddenly pandemic came and we put it out with three months and then with another and now it's going to happen first of december it starts almost two years later yeah but you can when that sort of thing crumbles let allow it to crumble you as well but if you don't invest your sense of self into that then it's just like a thing that doesn't happen i think balance is in sort of relinquishing the desire for control mm. it's a weird thing but i think we want to have control yeah but i don't think we really do <laughs> I don't think we, and I think it's it's yeah this is a complicated I'm trying not to go too esoteric and philosophical no, do. do it do it do it but it's just that I think I I lead a very sort of like um like a, an examined life and that's sometimes not always like easy but it's it's also like one of the best things i think you can do because everything's out in the open to yourself and when it isn't you go in and you go and drag it out into the light so you have to accept whatever you find you choose not to live in like denial so you have to be open with what you find about yourself the good, the bad, the hideous, <laughs> you know, wow. and just try and accept it without judgment. Without judgment. Yeah. And I think um, it brings you closer to 
who you really are because it's a very difficult process trying to get to know yourself. What was the thing, the catalyst for this? Because I have found over the years of interviews that people only find and seek out balance and healing when they have pretty well fucked up in the past, like lost all sense of balance, um, found drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever. You only look for balance because you know you need it within yourself. What was that thing for you? You're right. Um, look, I think... <laughs> He's not going to answer this question. No, I'm not. But the thing is, <laughs> no, no, I am, but in a vague way. <laughs> you know, like, uh, no, look, I think anything that causes some kind of... So I always thought, you know, like the sort of core philosophy of Buddhism is life is suffering. And that has always sounded so grim to me, like life is suffering. But I think I started to understand that that suffering is life. Suffering creates the foundation and the soil for life to, to happen in. Um, and that growth and all of that is a process and it's a uncomfortable and painful process. And yes, I think often there needs to be a catalyst that jolts you out of, um, you know, just the, the sort of bubble or the comfort zone you've been existing in. It needs to really humble you and peel back everything. That can be achieved with mushrooms, by the way, if you do a very <laughs> high dose. What is with everyone that went to Prats Alvin Park trying to fucking get me to do psychedelics? I don't understand. Like, I, I get it, but I don't get no, it. No, look, it's, I, I will never tell someone to do it, but I believe it will find you if, if when you're ready to receive it. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but it's true. <laughs> um, I think um, that is one way of sort of being able to, to do that in a terrifying but safe way, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Sounds great. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I don't, it's important to, to not put focus or emphasis on whatever that catalyst might be because it isn't actually important it's just the the process is important and it's it's an ongoing um thing it's something that you yeah that's it's like music you know it doesn't end it's not like oh i know music i understand music it's like it's this big endless thing and you just take part on, in it on some minuscule scale and yeah. contribute to it and then you die and i think examining yourself on this planet is the same sort of thing i think you just get a little bit closer to who you are because it's not a constant thing yeah. it's it's an, it's something that's always becoming and changing and you owe it to yourself to witness that because there's nothing better than that that you can do. <laughs> you can't do, yeah. Must so be you, yeah, 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 no, you were right, you were right. 
Um, I sometimes to... speak English, but I think in Afrikaans, and this is how <laughs> Mengels has started to gebeer also, by Oh, way. yeah, no, we're going to talk about that because Rian hates Mengels. But um, <laughs> just quickly on the mushroom thing, I, I've, I've researched DMT and ayahuasca, my brother's done it all, and I have friends that have like all, all gone and done it and taken mushrooms and stuff, and they talk about ego death. Would you mm. consider, like in layman's terms, obviously I've never experimented with drugs. I've smoked a bit of weed, but that's it. Would you consider a massive life shock catalyst event to be a form of an ego death because it does push you towards better? Yeah, I think it's how you deal with something like that. It could be a slow, it is a sense of ego death because that part of yourself and who you've been up until that point or dies and um you have to work through that and unpack that and it takes time and it takes both ways of doing it by going into it and by observing it um from a non-emotional place so that you can understand it from within and without um it is a form of of ego death it's a form i think there's good and bad ways of dealing with something like that there's the way of sort of avoiding it ignoring it or building a false narrative for oneself and none of that is going to help in the long run i think the truth is the only way even if it is uncomfortable always rather pick an uncomfortable truth over a comfortable lie because just like gravity is this invisible physical law but it's invisible there's i believe tons of like um, call them you know spiritual laws and truth and lie it, that it's one of them i believe you can never ever ever get away with a lie i think it's impossible to it's a it's the vain and naive attempt to twist the fabric of reality and it always twists itself back yeah not quite like gravity but whether it's three months or three years or 30 years or after your death yeah it the truth always comes back and um, yeah either to yourself or to to others but so I think being honest with oneself and with the people around you, like saying what you mean, meaning what you say is absolutely essential for also getting to know who you are. Because if you know you're a liar, then how can you believe your own ideas and thoughts about yourself? Because mm. you're the thing that knows you lie. So. Wow. Fact. <laughs> like this is like way not what I thought this conversation was going to be. You are like so much deeper than, but it, you see that's the thing, right? Your the image that that we see or that you portray or that you allow us in on social media and in the things that you create, it's one piece of you, but it's not all of you. And I think so many people forget that you, even you and me and whomever, is a whole human being with many different yeah. facets and things galaxy going on in 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 here and to try and reduce that for anyone to reduce themselves down to this one thing what they do or what they've achieved or their income or whatever is actually such a disservice to oneself because that you know you've you you've reduced yourself to 
that. And there's so much to, to people. And I think if you're open to yourself and to your own vulnerabilities, it enables you to see that much easier in others. And it doesn't become this weird, scary thing. It just becomes more normal than talking about... I get extremely bored when people talk about what they do or what they're busy with. Yeah. Um, not because, you know, I don't care, but I'm more like, you know, how, how do you feel? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you yeah. when no one is around? Really? You know, really? What are you reading? Um, yeah. yeah. It's... um. I think it's that symphony of selves thing. I think I just decided that social media as a platform isn't the place for necessarily the place for like those sort of discussions or politics or this because it just polarizes at the end of the day. So I saw it more as an escape from that. And I realized like, oh, I have a large part of myself that can tap into that and enjoy and experiment with that and rather have that um, part flourish on social media and every once in a while some ph philosophy and vulnerability will creep in mm. but for the most part it's you know it's a light-hearted uh, escape but then different platforms allow for these sort of conversations I guess yeah, and you have one as well. But before we talk about that, going back to what you said about you are not your job, you are not the money, you are not the career. What then drives you to tour, to create, to to do all the things? Because obviously money and fame and notoriety comes with that. So you've got to separate that. But then what is the driving thing? No, look, first of all, when it comes to money and fame, money is, is never the object. For me, it's only the means. Like, if I get money, I like spending it on more creative stuff. Okay. Fame, I know, is this temporary fleeting thing. So trying to hinge on that, you're setting yourself up for, like, massive future disappointment because it has no choice but to fade or you have to be famous and just be old, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like... I think for me, what drives me is um, creating and sharing that and seeing how it impacts people and getting that sort of reaction and chemistry back. Whether it's in, in terms of a live show and an audience sort of scenario or making content and, and reading people's responses. I think when you create anything, you are changing the world and yourself and others. You are literally in some minuscule way taking part in the act of like in you're taking part in creation. Mm. And that is like quite wild. There's nothing. And then you create something and you don't even know most of the time what that thing is going to be. Yeah. I think trying to know what it is before it is, is, the, is kind of like, pointless so i often would start a song and not even know what i want to write about or need to write about and just like press a chord and then hear a line and then you're like oh this is therapy i'm tapping into another 
deeper layer of of your you know self where you don't know what's going to come out and for years it, i i used to like make very sort of more dark heavy sort of more depressing music and then with van pletsen it went to the opposite side of that and it was really nice to to start exploring that as well you know not just uh, both you you it's both me and that that's the funny thing you don't if you don't if you lose that sense of identity of like oh i have to sound like this or oh i need to be this guy or i see myself as that guy or i need to have be this genre then um then you stop limiting yourself and then you can actually make things that you can't imagine or fathom yourself you know I've always said you guys in the music industry in particular anyone who writes and creates with words you guys have been set up from the beginning to deal with your shit so much better than the rest of us because I think in lockdown we all went out and bought fucking journals and opened the first page and we were like well what do I write it seems so self-serving but you guys have been doing this and I think I think like you said it's a form of therapy um and I'm glad that you said that because it's going to I think push the rest of us to try harder because we talk about journaling a lot and none of us ever fucking do it. But I wanted to quickly touch on your your circles that you move in because it sounds like you've curated your life. Um and you like you said you examine it, you manage it. It's very curated in order to keep you good and healthy and happy. How have you done that with your friendship circles and the people that move in spaces around you? Yeah, I think friendships are extremely um important and I'm very grateful for for all my friends and I think the the main uh this there's this beautiful quote or poem by David White where he said the ultimate touchstone of friendship is not self-improvement or improvement of the other but to witness it's about the gift of witnessing someone else's life and about someone else witnessing yours regardless of what that is and what happens that's all it really should be and i think um what i like about the friendships i have is we can talk about deep sort of things and vulnerabilities and real things and then also about you know the most random ridiculous shallow like stuff as well and it's again that that um balance and i think um yeah i just like i think i often say to people when we just sit to people one on one talking that i think that that it's in itself is a large part of the meaning of like being here is just you know talking conversing back and forth i really i think that that is time well spent mm. and you don't or we live in a time where you don't always get to see your people and sometimes you don't hear from one another for four or five or six weeks and you want to be in a space where that's okay but it's also okay you know if for someone to say hey motherfucker like where have you been yeah um yeah we i i 
Yeah, I wanted to say something, but I lost it. We'll come back. We'll come. It'll come back. This is like, there's no there's no richting. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. richting, there's no richting. Um, you you speak mingles in in your podcast and online and. You in doesn't the, like it, by the way. Rian van Yerden. Um. But he is he's he's also sorry. like 105. Love him no, with my whole heart. He will come around. I think he's a a closet Mengels um fan. But I also really he's do. like very highly educated, so he might also be a purist, and that's fine. No, but uh, a highly educated purist is able to have fun and play with language and words without it feeling like it's impinging on anything hmm. it's just a substance it's just a set of tools it's ultimately for communicating left by itself just as you know words and letters it means nothing hmm. but as tools it's meant to see like where it can be pushed and how it can be used in ways it hasn't been and it helps you know it bridges the gap for English people to come closer to yeah. Afrikaans. And if that's, you know, that's that's a good thing, isn't it? I think so. Look, I didn't know that I was speaking Mengels. I've always done it uh, just because I was raised bilingual. And like you speak to you almost sometimes you forget the word because your Afrikaans runs out. So you speak to this one like it, it happens. But for my Americans, yeah. what is Mengels? Mengels. So Engels means English. <laughs> and uh, meng means mix so mengels is like a combined word which means you know mixing languages um especially english and afrikaans because you know i can't speak any other languages but afrikaans has always been mengels it's always been like a bit of a bastard language and i think people should be proud of that instead of like seeing it as this pure thing it's the same as us it's gonna keep changing and people are so worried like oh is Afrikaans gonna die the way that it's not gonna die is okay. by yeah. changing the way it's gonna food plant and stay with us is by by growing and changing and evolving and it already has you know long before it's always been mingles it's like that's what makes it kind of cool mm. language is just the you know sounds we make with our mouth and if people can understand you then success it's not deeper than that no. people shouldn't put it on a pedestal no. um because it doesn't exist yeah there's a meme about people who drag people with accents or who don't speak English well. And English is a language, not a, not a measure of intelligence. And I think it's true for all languages. And I think we all think that ours is the right one and yours is the wrong one. It doesn't fucking matter. It's all the same thing. It's all exactly the same thing. Exactly. It really is. But speaking on that, um, you speak very nicely about your culture and Afrikaans language. You're spiritual as well. How important is your Afrikaans culture to you? And how do you how do you like mesh spirituality and your culture? Hmm. No, I think um I <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Do I, <laughs> do I mesh them? 
<laughs> well, you must because well, you're you, right? And you live in this 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 world. Which no, I like both. I think um, the thing I, I I do love the the Afrikaans culture, and I I, I mean I love all cultures but i didn't grow up in um you know you i think with afrikaans i like having fun with it as well i think that's one of the things i like about afrikaans culture is that it can make fun of itself as well i think once you are willing to make fun of yourself or of your culture or things you believe in then you take away the sort of like um, seriousness that it holds the then you can almost become playful with your own future mm. and that's kind of what you want if you're very serious about like success and succeeding and being seen in a certain way then you know you're setting yourself up for like being you know falling hard where if you don't take certain things too seriously you can view yourself and those things with a sense of playfulness and lightness. And I think that's a good way of being in the world. Mm. Um, I think we need to zoom out sometimes and be like, okay, I see the culture and I enjoy it and I play with it and I, I take part in it. But I, you, you can also zoom out and be like the whole idea of culture is also just so yeah. ridiculous it's like the nine to five of a folk so to speak you know <laughs> valid valid yeah. yeah no it is dude i i grew up i'm from a multicultural house and sometimes looking at them and how they like butt heads over stupid like for me stupid shit because i'm from both right and my sister would be like silly things and you look at it and you're like this is so ridiculous actually we're all just human really yeah. at the core of it and yeah culture is beautiful and i wish i had more of it but i don't know i find it weird it's a weird construct for me it is a weird construct especially when um heritage day comes along and you realize that our heritage is <laughs> is cooking meat <laughs> like we decided that that's the heritage so you know Culture only runs as deep as a bribe, but... <laughs> uh, culture only runs as deep as a very well-placed marketing and branding campaign, because that's what that was. Exactly, so... See, we're I, all that's easily bought, all of us. Every single one of us were easily bought, because now Heritage Day has turned into Friday. Yeah. Is, yeah. And I mean, we really aren't the only people that, you know that cooks things on fire. I was just going to say, don't, don't, don't knock that because we are the only people that bry the way that we bry. Yes, that's true. We don't barbecue. No, we, we bry. bry. Yes. On wood. On wood? With wood. I wood. am only half Afrikaans. Like the other half is charcoal. Charcoal or gas? No charcoal. No, never gas. No, I'm not that that English. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, but I did I did only recently learn that a bribe ricky is not um the thing that you buy at the spa in the pack of six. Like you actually have to physically make them and that's that's a yeah. real bribe bread. 
Yes. Yeah. See, that's the English part of you that only learned that now. Or just the, I'm really busy and this is great because it's already done for me and I can just throw it on the fire and hope for the best. That's also true. Convenient. That's also true. Convenient. Convenient. Yeah. Okay, so you also have a podcast. Um, talk to me about this podcast. How, how is this born and what do you do? Well, I've always had a passion for talking with people and also for... It's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, and then when lockdowns happened upon lockdowns, I realized like, okay, uh, being on stage right now isn't going to happen. So now is the perfect time to do some prating and um, to incorporate my love for absurdism and chaos and philosophy and vulnerability and all in a single cocktail of prating as well as humanizing and breaking down certain, um, what do you call it, you know, ideas that people might have about their favorite guests and just sort of show, you know, what, what do you do and what sort of pills do you take and Real human when life you cry and what do you think happens after you die? Those sort of questions that you kind of, you know, want to get to you know just humanizing people especially people that have strong social media presence and let's be honest nothing on social media is real even the things packaged and sold as real and authentic no it's still not real nope. and i'm always amazed at how strongly people buy into social media almost like it's reality tv mm -hmm. which in itself anyone that knows reality tv is not reality at it's all scripted as fuck yeah yeah and social media you know is also not real um and i think people have these concepts of people that they listen to or look up to or watch on screen and it was just about sort of like breaking that and just looking at the person behind it as a person the character that you are on that because obviously that's a, it's a piece of you but it's definitely a bit of a character for me i think where yeah. did you draw that from what is that from yeah uh, so was actually born on this on the music video for Awaken the Lackiness. And the Lackiness, by the way, is also a philosophy. But yeah, so Grotons are born there. And I think certain things uh, is better to, it's better to um, approach from the point of view of a character. Sometimes when, I, when you write a song, you do it through a hypothetical um, point of view or set of eyes or you do it from uh, imaginative oh if this was to happen how would that make me feel let me write about that or if I was this badass like you know gangster kind of guy which is what hip-hop really is very few of them are really gangster you know they're more you know divas I think yeah. um, but you write from that character and it actually enables you to tap into different parts. And I think 
in prating Groothond uh, is a large part of it is just me and a large part of it is just an exaggerated version and a large part of it is just like a lot of the things I wish I could always be but I can only be some of the times okay. but Groothond the minute you like have that Groothond energy then you can just you know <laughs> you can go through it but I know sitting here you can't go through it all of the time yeah life is a a balancing act between going kak groot and uh, you know going kak klein you can't always go groot but if you don't go groot you go do it wow i'm starting to tap into groot ons yeah new tattoo idea if you don't go through it you go do it thanks peach also circled right back to fucking balance the universe is definitely trying to tell me something yes, last question a- okay Last question, because uh, I know you're a busy man and I don't want to take up too, too much of your time and I think this one's going to be a big one. Uh, last question, I might have borrowed this one. What happens okay. when you die? Huh. Well, everyone who knows... Went through it. Yeah, are no longer to tell us, but um, to, to give you, I think, so... A question I always used to ask people is, do you believe you have a soul? Um, do you? <laughs> oh, you're asking me? I don't know. I don't know. If I do have one, I wouldn't be opposed to selling it. So like if you're listening and you're like some kind of reach out, I'm, I'm here. Meet okay. Okay. No, do you believe you have a soul? So I believe your many things happen when you die i think your body dies and goes yeah. back to you know the earth and the mycelium network <laughs> but yeah. um i think we do have souls and the soul is the part of us that is eternal i actually don't think we have souls i think we are souls we are. and we have bodies right mm-hmm. now and the body will very much just die like most like everything that's alive everything that's alive will die i've not encountered anything living yet that won't die you know every tree every bee everyone's dying and the body will definitely die and then the soul will definitely continue and whether you have any recollection of your memories or consciousness that you have built up over your 70 or 80 years if you're lucky while on this ball floating in space i don't know but i think if you really do examine your your existence you can feel that there's many layers to yourself there's an aging body there's a emotional part of you and a psychological part and there's like um things that have changed and shaped you but then there's also the soul which is like the highest possible self the thing that just observes and witnesses this whole physical and emotional journey and then it you know moves on wow on that note listen speaking of aging bodies i did want to tell you you're looking fucking great with gray hair just by the way really thank you i want to hear that i need to because i have to accept that i am going gray at a 
very rapid pace. Um, even Not on you. the hot as even fuck. on the hot as fuck. Listen, you can stay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's something that you can either choose to fight it and and start dying stuff, uh, or you just embrace it. And I have chosen to just, you know, these are genes. You can't, you can fight and resist genes and fight against them to a certain extent, but uh, ultimately, these no. ones are. Keep it. They make you look wise and sexy. I would definitely go with this look. And wise and sexy is is not a bad look, is it? <laughs> <laughs> now that I've sufficiently embarrassed you, Peach, thank you for coming uh, to my podcast. <laughs> no, thank you. I've really, really enjoyed um, chatting. Okay, where can we find uh, Prating? 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 Prating is on Van Pletsen's YouTube channel. You, the cool thing about the word Prating because it didn't exist now it does trademark by the way uh you could just search prating and the only result you will find is, is prating and that's the cool thing about coming up with names that don't exist i would recommend it is it makes it easy for people to find you Okay, thanks, Peach. I mean, none of us have the same brains as you, but we'll all fucking try now. Thank you. For no, that. you, you. Listen, your power is that you don't have this brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got going for you. Oh my yeah. God. Okay, Peach, thank you so much for your time. We'll go and follow you and everything and like, come back. Let's do this again. Let's definitely do it again. Thank you. Awesome. That's it. We're done. Thank you very much. This is great. Thanks so much. Have a good day, cool. dude. You too. Bye. Bye. Remember, you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chalk for the music. You can catch him at www.chalksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpod and XOTV every Monday. Love you.